How much do you know about the chakra system? Are there 200 or 144 or just seven? We're going deep into the chakras and what they're about, the related emotions for each one and the rights they come with, plus so much more. So stay tuned for this new episode. Hi, this is Ronnie Ann Ryan, intuitive coach, and welcome to the Breathe, Love & Magic podcast. In this show, we'll talk about mystical methods, spiritual practices, and magic to grow spiritually, live well, and maybe find love. Open your heart, expand your mind, connect with spirit, and embrace the magic that is all around you. May good fortune come to all those who listen to the Breathe, Love & Magic podcast. And now, on with the show! If you're a fan of the Breathe, Love & Magic podcast, I want to invite you to a fun coffee chat I'll be recording live on Zoom. Three to five guests will join me to have a conversation about a variety of spiritual topics, which should be a whole lot of fun. If you'd like to participate, send me an email to ronnie, R-O-N-N-I-E, at nevertoolate.biz with your name, a question or two that you want to ask, and where you live in your time zone. Participants will be chosen based on the questions and topics, and if you're available at the time that selected for the recording. When the podcast airs, it'll be audio only, no video. I can't wait to get your email. Stay tuned for more. In this episode of the Breathe, Love & Magic podcast, I'm speaking with Sarah Bright. Sarah has been working in the fitness and wellness industry for almost two decades, helping thousands of people reach their health goals as a personal trainer and coach. During that time, she was also a student of the chakras, an ancient philosophy that studies how our energetic world is related to our physical world. A few years ago, Sarah realized that the missing link in most people's wellness program was the blending of emotional and mental health with physical health. And in that moment, your chakra coach was born. Sarah is now the host of the podcast, Your Chakra Coach, and provides guidance and direction for thousands of people in over 50 countries each week, showing them how to expand their well-being and happiness. I am so happy to welcome my guest today. Welcome, Sarah. Thanks, Ronnie. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Let's begin with just a quick explanation of what the chakras are. Where are they and how many do we have? Because I've heard a lot of different things. So yeah, there are lots of different answers to that. The texts that the chakra system stems from have many options. Some have as few as five chakras. Some have as many as 200 chakras. Whoa. Um, Yeah, there's all kinds of schools of thoughts and some have a hierarchical view. You have your major chakras and your minor chakras. Some use a main 12, some use a main seven. So there's lots of different ways to think about it depending on what school of thought you choose to follow. Most basic, the chakras are the place where the veil between the physical body and the emotional, mental, and spiritual body are the thinnest. I primarily work at the seven chakra system. I work root to crown. That's, I think, the most common in the Western world. So when you think about, say, the root chakra, that is where the veil is thinnest between your root chakra, your dense material world energy, and say, your physical body, and it's responsible for your legs. So that's what, that's a way to think about the chakras. It's very clear and straightforward. And it also helps us understand how the physical and the psychological, the mental, the emotional, and spiritual are related through this system. Okay. I'm going to take it back a step further, if you don't mind. The most common thing I've ever heard about chakras, which is they are energy wheels within the body. And 
when things are going well, they are open, spinning, and they are aligned. That is another way to think about it. Yeah, <laughs> that is. And that is, that's also a pretty common way to think about the chakra system. And each one has a purpose. And that's what we're going to be talking about, too. You've seen the pictures probably where they show the body and they go up the rainbow, starting with red, and they go up to purple or white, depending on the system you follow. So I just thought it'd be great to have that really basic understanding first. And it is amazing how there is such a variety. Like I've heard 144, Chuck, I never knew there were 200. I never knew there were 144 until recently. It's so overwhelming. So we're going to just focus on the seven and talk about the earth star and the soul star a little later on. So my next question is, how is it that that light bulb came on, that there was a missing piece in the health and wellness puzzle? And how did you end up at the chakra system? That is such a good question. So I'll answer the second part of it first. I learned about the chakras for the first time when I was 19 and I wandered into a random workshop at a theater convention that I was at when I was in college. The woman there was talking about the chakra system as it related to character development. This was a theater workshop. So it's like, how can you use this system to develop motivations and things like that for the character you're creating? And I had never heard of the chakra system. But as I sat down and listened, I really, really resonated with what she was saying. I don't even remember what she said about how to relate it to character creation. What I remember feeling is that I had now been offered something very true that I could connect to on a lot of levels and that I would like to know more about. But this was pre-internet, Ronnie. I had to <laughs> I had to go to a bookstore and get a book. Yeah. So I did. And I went into the store, a Barnes and Noble or something, had no idea where to even find something like that. Never heard of it. Had not grown up in a family that did yoga or acknowledged any sort of spiritual tradition outside of standard Judeo-Christian. So I stumbled across Anadea Judith's book, Western Body, Eastern Mind. It's a giant book and it's very in-depth. I just like struggled to get through it, to understand what I was reading. And I remember just having having to reread it over and over again because the idea was so far away from anything I'd ever learned. Again, I was like 19 years old. I hadn't learned anything, honestly. So I became a student of the chakras of that philosophy. And, you know, I did things like I incorporated the system into meditations and things like that. And so I had this self-study, this personal development, spiritual growth thing that I was working on all of that time. On what I thought was a parallel, unrelated path, I was working in the physical wellness industry, personal trainer, group fitness instructor, you know, doing all of that kind of stuff. And people, for the most part, pretty good results working with me because, you know, as long as you're working with a trainer, a lot of times you get your results. But the moment they that we parted, you know, if somebody moved or if they discontinued training, whatever, they went on vacation, anything at all, they would start to slide back into their old habits because what was happening is they were outsourcing accountability for their choices to me. Yes. And, you know, as long as I was present to make those choices for them or to have somebody that they had to go report their choices to, things were on track. The problem was where my failure was, is I was not creating in them being the kind of person who made those choices for themselves as a function of their own self-love, their own self-worth. They were making their choices to make me happy. And that's just not sustainable right? You have to make choices in life that are for you. When you make them for other people, you will leak all of your energy out. You will start to suffer from burnout. And so it took me a long time to connect it. I thought, what? how will I solve this problem? How will I make myself obsolete as a personal trainer? <laughs> 
and <laughs> which is not a great business model. No. Um, <laughs> but that's okay. That was sort of just in my head. And I do remember walking down the hallway of my house one day, you know, having come from a meditation, come from a reading, all of a sudden it literally was as if perhaps because it was post-meditation, I had open to receiving downloads, to receiving, you know, energies from the universe. It literally was just like, what are you doing? Your studies of the chakra tell you that the mind and the body and the spirit are not different things. Why are you treating them as such in your personal training practice? So at that moment, I was like, all right, I got to bring this to the people I'm working with. And then I always laugh because they had no interest in chakra coaching. Nobody was online. <laughs> Nobody. You know, that's the thing about coaching. We know what people need who come to us. But you sort of have to give them what they want first and then find a way to give them what they need, right? Yes, absolutely. And that's part of our jobs as coaches, right, is to help people discover what they need. And most of the time, people think they need one thing because they think this is the thing that's going to make me feel happy and good. And in my case, as a personal trainer, a lot of times that was weight loss or more muscle. This is the thing that's going to make me feel good. And it wasn't the thing that was making them feel good. And so what I wanted to help people discover was that internal sensation of feeling good, of loving themselves, of having confidence, regardless of their physical appearance or how things were happening in their body, right? Like let's find our physical health from a place of love rather than a place of shaming or self-hatred, right? What that, a concept. <laughs> right? To me, the fact that I'd never heard anybody say that before was mind-blowing because the moment I thought of it, I was like, this is the most obvious thing I've ever heard. And so from that sort of moment on, I was like, I have no interest particularly in changing your body. Your body is perfect exactly the way it is. And it was like a complete shift in my head ah, where I was- Huge. It was huge, just like- 180. Everybody who comes to me is already 100% perfect. Now, I just want you to learn that. I already know it. I want you to know it the same way. So again, I would, I would like sneak my chakra coaching into our sessions, you know, between sets, I would ask questions about things and try to get information and see, oh, and then I would say, oh, you know, I think that sits in the heart chakra. Oh, this seems like a throat chakra thing to me, you know? And so then I would sort of share with them the things I had learned as a student and I did that for years with my personal training clients before I felt like I knew enough. And to be fair, like, I don't know about you. I'm still learning every single day. Of course. About everything, right? I would, to say you're an expert on an ancient system, come on now, that's I unlikely. Know. And the older you get, the more you realize, the less you know. <laughs> I know, isn't it the worst? I know when you're young, you think you really got it all together and you know everything. And the older you get, you're like, oh, there's so much more. <laughs> yes, in 2020, decided that that I had enough practice, enough theory that I would start sharing it with a, a wider audience. And that's when I started the podcast, because I just really felt like we needed another way to think about mind, body, spirit than the way most people were approaching it in the fitness industry. There's sort of a lip service to it, like, oh, working out will help your mental health. I'm like, what if, and hear me out, we started there, right? What if we started with emotional health? What if we started with spiritual health and then let that inform our physical health? Because physical health is so much trickier than we're led to believe it is, right? Physical health is not having a specific body style, a specific weight, like a specific BMI. All of these measurement terms that we're given are not as cut and dried as I think the industry would like us to believe. Yeah. 
You know, one thing I learned about combining exercise and affirmation is when your body is in movement and you use affirmations, you, you focus on affirmations while you're exercising, for me, much more powerful. Absolutely. I yeah. I, but I had no idea. It's just like, I'll just say my affirmations or sing my little songs. I would write little songs to manifest while Love I'm it. going for my walk. And it was amazing when you marry those two things, what happens? So I know we're getting off track, but no, it's fine. But you're a hundred percent. Like that's very intuitive of you to pick that up. Thank right. <laughs> because it, but it does, it combines the physical and the emotional, spiritual, mental, right. You, you were sort of intuitively combining those things, being very mindful about the environment in which you choose to work out. Maybe like maybe walking in nature is just always going to be the way that you get your physical activity. Your body loves to move, but it doesn't have to be exercise. It can be a dance party in your kitchen. It can be a walk in the woods. It can be getting down on the floor and doing a couple of cat cows and a child's posture and calling it a day, right? Like these are movement ways that you can take care of your body. And then you, you are also nourishing your soul. And to me, nice. that was when people started to really get the the feelings that they wanted to have, because what they didn't want was the feeling of being thin. Like, that's not a feeling. You think it's going to make you happy. Oh, I think I'm going to be more confident, but being thin doesn't make you confident. Being confident makes you confident. Yeah. Well, the work on <laughs> right so that's so that's where we start instead right. of trying to change ourselves from the outside in which is very western very uh patriarchal very capitalist is change the outside and either ignore or assume that that will change the inside and my approach my suggestion what i offer is let's change our insides and then uh, yeah the outside may or may not change but it won't matter because what we're after is the feeling and that can be gotten in lots of different ways that aren't changing your body hmm. and so if you want more confidence you would focus on the solar plexus that's right. That's right. So you focus on your solar plexus. How can you build confidence? Well, confidence comes from trusting yourself, from knowing that you can do things, practice doing things and practice accomplishing them. Practice keeping promises to yourself. Yeah. Right. I'm going to drink a glass of water every morning when I wake up. Keep that promise to yourself for a week and you'll just be like, what did I just do? What a promise I've kept to myself. You drink your water. Be like, nice job, Sarah. Drank that glass of water just like I said I would. And that builds confidence. Going to the gym and lifting weights doesn't necessarily build confidence. It could. It's not that it couldn't. It doesn't always. And again, we're looking too much to the outside when we could be looking to the inside. Well, what I love about what you just said is acknowledging yourself when you do something. Yes. So that is confidence, but that's also the heart. So let's start from the bottom and just briefly, let's talk about each chakra before we move on and talk about how do you know if they're clear and balanced? So yeah, so let's start yes. at the root and work our way up. The root chakra is our connection to the physical. It is our grounding. It is our security. Is it our safety? And the fundamental right that is housed in the root chakra is your right to be, to exist, to take up space, to live authentically in this world as who you were meant to be. And that is the right that is contained in your root chakra. Now, that's one of the most difficult things, right? Because from the moment you're born, the world starts putting things on you about what you should be, what you could be, what they'd like you to be. And so your authentic self gets covered up from literally the moment you're born. And so the root chakra 
can get sort of out of alignment. And one of the, the great works that we can do in our lives is peel some of those things away and start to find out who we really are and start to be sure of who we are and our right to be that person in the world, right? This is also where we find people that have issues with self-worth and thinking that we're not enough, um, which is super common, right? We, we think we have to do more and be more and be more productive and don't be lazy and all of these things that are constructs. They're not even real. That's the root chakra. And a lot of times we start there because it's so important to understand your own personal value as exactly who you are. And that's red. That's red. Yes. So the next one up is the sacral chakra, and that is about our emotions and our relationships to others. Friendships, parental relationships, relationships with your children, your friends, all the relationships you have are sort of contained in the sacral chakra. And the fundamental right there is to feel, meaning you have the right to experience the entire range of human emotions. And a lot of times we're told that we shouldn't, that some emotions are inappropriate. Hmm. Uh, anger is a great example. Anger is not appropriate for a lot of girls growing up. Do not show anger. Um, some places, don't be sad, right? Don't, I mean, that's boys and girls. Don't cry. Or we're constantly trying to get people to feel a way they don't feel. And the sacral chakra tells us that we have the right to feel that, to understand and explore our emotions without judgment from ourselves or from others. Now, that doesn't mean we want to just live in sadness. And we certainly don't want to live in things like guilt. But the fact is, those are real. And if we don't give ourselves space to process them, we won't be balanced in the sacral chakra and we won't really feel well overall because your emotions will show up somewhere. If you don't process them, they will manifest themselves and demand your attention. Right, right. So that's orange. And I also think of that as creativity and sexuality. 100%. Yeah. Yes, okay. absolutely. It's right next to the reproductive organs. So um, some sexual issues are also found in the sacral chakra. Yeah. Excellent point. Excellent point. So then we go to the solar plexus, which we touched on a little bit earlier. And that is a place of action, a place of doing, a place of confidence, a place of taking steps toward your highest good. And that is, I think we're a kind of solar plexus dominant society, but almost <laughs> not in a healthy way. This is where our, like, our drive to be overproductive comes from. Like we are just pushing, pushing, pushing. You must always be doing something. And that solar plexus is just constantly on fire. And it's no surprise that it's related to like your adrenal glands. If that yeah. solar plexus is pushing hard and your adrenal glands are pumping out cortisol and all your stress hormones, oh my God, no wonder we don't feel good. But the fact is we're told if you take a minute's rest, you're being lazy or selfish or something like that. And sometimes when you act in your highest good, that is just going home and taking a nap. Yeah. Sometimes it's saying no to doing another thing, right? That is an action in your highest good. Yes. And it means you don't take an action. Great. That is super important for balancing because the element there is, is fire, right? And it's hot and it's burning, but you can't burn forever. You will run out of fuel. Yeah. And I mean, like we, everybody knows, like that's what hunger is, right? You've run out of fuel. You got nothing left, right? But you will also run out of emotional fuel. You'll run out of spiritual fuel. You'll run out of things that fired you up at one point have all burned away. And now something you used to love is a chore. And that's a solar plexus chakra imbalance. And so you just, that one's really hard to not get carried away with just simply because of the world that we live in. So yeah. I always encourage people be very mindful 
of that as you're doing like your scans to check for imbalances. Oh, gut issues. Oh my gosh. Um, stomach problems, intestinal issues, leaky gut, irritable bowel syndrome. All of those are showing up. Ex excessive anger. All of these things show up so often in that solar plexus. And we think it's normal to feel like that because that's the world we live in. And they're like, it is normal. Please continue to work 65 hours a week. <laughs> All right. And that chakra is yellow. <laughs> that, it is yellow, like fiery sun. Then we move to the heart chakra and we can cool it down a little bit here. That chakra is, I think it won't surprise anybody to hear, that's the, our chakra of to love and be love. And that sounds beautiful and lovely and amazing. And it's also a big block for a lot of people, especially women. Not the giving love part so much. Most women are doing pretty, pretty well on that. It's the receiving of receiving. love. And it's, it's the willingness to sort of open your heart. And some people close their hearts because they've been hurt and they, they yes. don't want to be hurt again. That is really valid. It's completely ineffective, but it's really valid. And so much of the time I see people who are giving love, just giving, giving, giving love, all the love they've got. And inside they're screaming, please, somebody love me back hard enough to break down this wall. Somebody give me enough love that I'll be able to feel it. And I wish that worked because there are people out there who want to love you like that, but it, it doesn't unfortunately work like that. You've got to do the inner work to help sort of dissolve those blocks yourself. Yeah. Um, let me and just ask not, a question about yeah. that. There's also the front of the chakra and the back of the chakra, which we can't get into for all of them because we'd be here for a week, but um, <laughs> not that that wouldn't be fun. The front is the front receiving and the back giving, or how, how does it work? Again, so that's a pretty specific school of thought. If it helps you to think about it, the front could be receiving and the back could be giving because it's energy. It's like everywhere all the time. But I do think with visualizations, that's that's very helpful, especially if we think about heart opening to receive love, thinking about making that space in your heart, in your lungs, in your shoulders, across your collarbones. So it's really helpful as a visualization because like we talked about, the chakras are the place where the physical and the astral don't have as much separation as we'd like to believe they do. So the physical opening and the physical imagining of receiving the love there is really useful as a tool to help open up that chakra in particular. That is a great question. Well, thank you. Yeah. All right. So the heart is green. That's right. And then we move to the throat chakra. Again, this one's, I feel like a pretty obvious one, but it's all about communication and expression. This is another place where our creativity comes out. Speaking, singing, ideas, that's all sort of sitting in the throat chakra. And the right is to speak and to be heard, right? Not just to shout things out into the world and just hope they land, but you have the right to be heard which I think it, uh, manifests as a lot of blocks, right? People are like, I said something, but nobody heard me. Or I said something in a meeting and then somebody else took credit for my idea. I didn't, I wasn't heard at all. Yes, that is that. 100% is happens all the time. And so it's reminding ourselves that we do have that right. And it sits right there in the throat chakra. There's a lot of blocks that can happen there that, you know, the neck is sort of a narrow spot between your head and your, your shoulders anyway. So it's both physically narrow and psychically narrow. So things get stuck there pretty easily. Like you have an idea and it just never quite gets out or you, you have something and you're on your heart. We literally have words that you know, phrases, I need to get this off my chest. I need to get it out of my heart and out my mouth. But when it's blocked there and you don't get it out of your mouth, you don't get it off your chest, right? It gets stuck and it gets stagnant. 
Yeah. And then we struggle to communicate with each other. The other side of that that I think gets ignored a lot is our responsibility to also hear, right? We we get very caught up in expressing ourselves, but the the flip side of that is every human being has the right to express themselves. And one of our responsibilities is to listen respectfully. We don't need to agree or support, but you can listen respectfully to most things. I do feel like there are times when listening to something will cause you harm. And if that's the case, go ahead, shut that down, right? No need to bring in harmful things that are are going to hurt you. But when you can, without hurting yourself, without allowing harm in, listening respectfully, and then having that clear throat chakra to say, I hear you. I disagree. You know, and I mean, I think we, everybody knows respectful dialogue is just feels like it's becoming more and more a thing of the past, which is really hard. (laughs) It's only, it's only going to make things on the planet worse. It is, right? You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's tough. And so I think throat chakra blocks are, are very responsible for that. Another thing that we see a lot is people have so much creativity inside of them. Their sacral creativity never gets expressed through their throat chakra creativity. People say, oh, I, I love to draw, but I'm not good at it, so I'm not going to do it. Oh, I'm, I love like singing along with the radio, but I'm terrible at it. So what? You know, like sometimes we just got to let that out. It isn't about the performance. About It's about right. the expression. It isn't about having a gallery show of your sculpture. Right. Sculpt for the joy of sculpting. That actually is one of the things I recommend, not sculpture in particular, but creation when people have a throat chakra block I was like make up a song like you were saying you make up songs make up a song sing to your dog (laughs) yeah 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 like there's there's lots of ways to yeah it is fun right you can clear out all that throat chakra junk so that it's it's ready and available when you need to communicate with somebody nice all right and the throat is blue that's correct so next up is the third eye chakra right between the brow and it starts to of course get a little bit headier here and that is our seat of intuition, truth. It's our it's our right to see, which is not just to see visually the things around you, although that's a part of it. We that's interesting interestingly a thing that we don't talk about a lot. Like the third eye chakra is responsible for our ability to see reality. So many of us are living in our heads with a constant dialogue of, oh, I should have said that. Oh, this shouldn't be that way. And then you look at your childhood and you think, my parents shouldn't have been that way. Well, that might be true, but the fact is they were. And living in a space where you're constantly thinking about what could have been, what should have been, or future thinking, what might happen. You know, anxiety is a lot of um, third eye excess energy. Perhaps not clinical anxiety, right, which tends to be other things, but that's a part of it, right, is this constantly like, well, what if, what if, what if, and then you just find yourself in a spiral and that's third eye imbalance. Hmm. Um, intuition is a beautiful thing there, right? Because the third eye sort of sits between the crown chakra, which we'll get to, which is the place where we're connected to the collective unconscious, to the divine, to the universe and the throat where we can speak. Like I said earlier, you said it was so intuitive for you to say an affirmation, right? You were like, oh, you got a little nudge from the divine and you had this beautiful open third eye, which intuited this is a good thing to do. You said, I don't know what it was. I just did it because you were clear in that area to allow the the flow from the divine to your throat, which is um, really special. So that is the, that's the purview of the third eye. Again, flip side is your right to be seen. And that is a challenge for a lot of people. We women keep themselves small. Oh, I don't want to be seen. Oh, I don't want any attention. Okay. You don't have to be the center of attention but you do have a right to be seen. You do have a right to continue to exist, to have your thoughts and your needs acknowledged by the world. 
right? And I think, man, the patriarchy has done a great job of making us think that we don't have that right. You know, not just women, but everybody, everybody keep it small, stay in line, right? But we have a right to be seen as who we are and who we want to be. That's the third eye. And I think of that one as purple. Some mm-hmm. people say it's indigo. That's right. Yeah. I think it it just varies. Again, schools of thoughts vary. In, in my opinion, you go with the school of thought that helps you. That's my opinion on a lot of things in life is go with Agreed. go with what helps you. Agreed. If it's if it's not useful to you, maybe don't use it. Yeah. And then the crown chakra, which is the final one up our sort of main energetic channel. And that is, like I said, it's our portal to the divine. And I don't want anyone to get caught up in thinking that's a specific divine. That could be your portal to your highest self. That could be the portal to your most authentic self. It could be the portal to a specific god or goddess or deity of your choosing. Whatever helps you bring good to you and to others, that's the right sort of divine or universe for you. Our right there is the right to know. And I think that's such an interesting one. It's not our right to know every single thing, right? We are not entitled to the details of everyone's lives, just as everyone is not entitled to the details of our lives, right? We are autonomous beings, but it is our right to know what our truth is. It's our right to know that there's a path for us. And it's our right to know that we're safe to take action on our path. You know, this is where things start to sort of come together in the chain. The chakras don't exist individually, right? I always say it's not a checklist. You don't hit like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. All right, done with that. Thanks so much. I guess I'm enlightened now. The crown chakra, I think it's a it's a beautiful chakra that doesn't get enough attention. Everybody gets very caught up in sort of the earthly chakras, which I understand, right? We feel bad and we want to feel better right now. And sometimes those lower chakras are the way to impact our physical state. For me, I did not start to feel better and more peaceful in life until I was sort of willing to open up the crown chakra. I came from a very conservative, fundamentalist, religious background. And so I had kind of for a portion of my life closed off the crown chakra. And I was like, that none of that is for me. None of that exists. It's not real. So I shut myself off to it. And part of the reason I did not feel good is because I was shut off to it. Don't always just look to your root chakra. Consider there's a spiritual part of us as well that can create a void that is part of that sort of emotional hunger that we're looking to fill with other things as well. Sure. Um, yeah. So that's the crown chakra. Awesome. We got through them all. Yay. We got through them all. Oh, the crown chakra is white in a lot of schools of thoughts. Or sometimes yeah. if people say the third eye is indigo, then they say the, the crown chakra is violet. So right. again, if one is easier for you to visualize and you want to be doing that, that's the one to choose. Yeah. Very good. All right. And now what I've been waiting for, how can you tell if your chakras are clear and balanced? Yeah. So scan yourself. Oh, do I not feel like I'm my authentic self? What are you feeling? Or check your body. Let's, let's actually just start with the body. Check your physical self. Do you have nagging shoulder pain? Well, that's your heart chakra. Do you get sore throats a lot? When I had horrible throat chakra issues, every day by the end of the day, Ronnie, I had a sore throat and I wasn't sick. There was nothing the matter with me every day. Wow. I had a sore throat and, you know, I finally realized, oh, my, my body is trying to give me a message. I, I was able to sort of solve that. That didn't happen anymore. I mean, not that I never have a sore throat, right? Of course, but not every day. So check your body. Do you have those gut issues? Mm, let's take a look at the solar plexus chakra. How about like hips and knees? There's an enormous amount of emotion stored in 
our hips, right? That's why hip openers in yoga class are so popular. People don't realize that they're like, oh, I'm just so tight. I'm like, of course you are. <laughs> you're like, you're closing, you're tamping down your emotions and trying to be like emotions. I'll just do that later. <laughs> and so we're, like, we're doing all of these hip openers and you're just like, why am I crying? Well, that is because your body is releasing. So check in physically with yourself. Do you have a lot of headache? That could be a third eye or a crown chakra. Knowing what you know now about the chakras. If you have a headache, think, am I open spiritually? Or am I ignoring my intuition? You know, do I not feel seen in the world? So check in with the, the body because it will give you messages, but sometimes we don't sit still enough for long enough yeah. to listen. So that is always where I recommend. Start there. If you're feeling great, you're like head to toe, man, I'm great. Hey, then you're probably in good shape for now. The other thing I would say is be aware that this changes probably minute by minute, but certainly daily. You'll wake up in the morning and whereas yesterday your heart felt full and open and beautiful today, for some reason it feels a little closed. Maybe something happened yesterday. Who knows? There could be any number of reasons, but energetically we change all the times. It's not a static situation, right? If you have a throat block, for example, and you get that throat chakra cleared and you're like, yeah, I'm doing great. Wait, ow, wait, why does my right hip hurt? Or you know, like what's happening in my low back, right? Sometimes when you make a change in one chakra, it affects another one. You don't want to feel like you're playing like whack-a-mole where you're just constantly right. doing, which is why like a great sort of full breath up and down. I start a lot of my yoga classes like that. Like let's just inhale from the root to the crown, exhale crown to root. Like let's just get some prana flowing yeah. through the whole system first thing. But just being aware that this is a, a lifelong journey. It is a joy of a journey. It isn't like, oh, I have to get up and do my chakra work today. What's the matter now? Right? Like that is, that's not necessarily how it is. You can sort of get things in alignment that's personal to you. I think there's a misconception that each of the seven chakras should have one seventh of your energy at all times. And that's not necessarily mm. true. Like we're not looking to get them balanced with each other. We're looking to get them balanced in a way that makes sense for you. Um, most people have a chakra or two that is sort of their dominant personality. And so that one is always going to maybe be a little bit more energetic than some of the others. And that's okay. That's your specific makeup. You were born with it. And again, it is perfect. What happens is it gets knocked out of alignment, knocked out of balance by society, by the stories that people told us, by the stories that we take on as our own that even aren't necessarily true. Those are some ways that you can kind of know if you have a block. And you know if you're feeling pretty balanced, if you're like, hey, this feels good, this feels peaceful. Now you want to be careful sometimes when people are coming from like a childhood trauma background, their chakras are so active or underactive and that feels like a baseline normal to them, but it's not necessarily the healthiest way to exist. If you grew up in a, a childhood that was very unstable with neglect or anything like that and your root chakra just feels completely void, that may feel normal to you, but there may be ways to activate it a little bit more that you can live in with a little bit more inner peace where you're not mm. constantly chasing drama yeah. or, or pain. Like, People will ask me all the time, why do I keep making these terrible relationship choices? Like, well, because you're coming to these relationships with this trauma. Let's address that and then see if we can't get a little bit more balance before you go with the same energy you always had into a new relationship. Let's see if we can't change your energy a little bit. And that will change the relationships that you find and that you exist in. Okay. That makes total sense to me. Well, I have to say, I learned a lot today. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I never heard about the right. That was really interesting. And you talked about things that I didn't know were associated with each chakra, even though I've been 
a student of these things since more years than I want to mention. <laughs> it's a great day when you can learn something new. So thank you so much, you are Sarah. So welcome. Do you have a gift for the listeners? I have free courses on my website that people, and I mean, I have the podcast, which is a free thing, oh. a free resource, your Good. chakra coach. If you are interested, I do have free chakra basics course. So if this was your first time hearing about chakras, or you'd like to know more on my website, there's a, a chakra balancing basics course. You can just go to yourchakracoach.com And that's thank you so much. Total pleasure. Thank you, Ronnie. Just a quick side note, we didn't have time to do all of the chakras. I know the title is the 12 chakra system, but we did the primary seven, root, sacral, solar plexus, heart, throat, third eye, crown. However, I will tell you that there's some discrepancy and discussion about other transpersonal chakras that are above and below. So the earth star chakra is one foot below your feet and that connects you to the earth's life force energy. Then there are other chakras above your heads. One is called the soul star chakra, and that's about a foot above your head. And that connects you to divine love and your own divine source. And from other things I've read, the Akashic records and doing that kind of energy work. Above that is the spiritual chakra, and that is to help you connect and enter the spiritual realms for spiritual guides, angels, and all those kind of light beings and commune with them. Then there's the universal chakra above that. And this center is about more fully understanding how the physical and spiritual worlds work together. And then there's the galactic chakra. And that's turning into the galactic energies. So you can communicate directly with the divine. And the last one is the divine gateway chakra, number 12. Also the stellar gateway chakra. And it truly represents the energetic plane. It opens the door to the divine world. So there you go. Thank you for listening today. If you're curious about intuitive coaching or a past life reading, please visit breatheloveandmagic.com. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate it or write a review and subscribe to never miss an episode and share the magic with a friend. This is Ronnie and Ryan wishing you love and magic. Love and magic.